Hi everyone, welcome to the Christmas episode. I'm so excited to share this with you. It's a compilation of little mini interviews with different people who've been so kind to share their loved ones in spirit with us. Stories, memories, signs that they've received from them since they've been in spirit. And it's just a way for us to honor the people who have come before us. And I recognize that this is a fun time of year and it's joyful and there's a feeling of magic, but there's also a feeling for a lot of people of sadness. There's also grief and there's also a sense that a lot of people are struggling. So I would love to put something out into the world that just brings a little bit of light, brings a sense of comfort. And for those of you who are listening to this and you are struggling, maybe in some way it'll help you to know that you're not alone in your grief or your sadness and that there is hope and that love goes on and the people that we love never actually leave us. They do remain. The physical loss, of course, is still tough and it's a difficult thing to accept and to kind of um, work through and to live through. But I do think that that relationship with spirit is so important and it can change and it can evolve and grow. And so I hope that you'll sit back, relax, and really just enjoy the different stories that we've collected here. Kind of like a chicken soup for the soul kind of idea, but in a podcast form. And I'll say this, I would love to, I have lots of people in spirit that I would love to honor, but I will choose my great aunt just because she's been such an inspiration. And I feel as though I'm so thankful for her continued presence in my life because she was a teacher in life for many, many years, for decades. And she assists me. She comes and she is very much a part of the classes that I teach. And lots of times when I'm practicing with students, they'll tune in to me and I'll have them connect with my loved ones in the spirit world. And oftentimes my great aunt will appear. She'll come through. She's a fabulous communicator. She knows what to do. Also, she, she's so invested. She's so interested in helping students to develop. And so I really am thankful for that. She was and continues to be such an inspiration. This is a lady who born in the, I don't know, 1918 timeframe, like around there, grew up on a farm with many, many siblings and decided that she didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. She didn't want to do what was expected. She didn't want to just grow up and marry a farmer and that be her life. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it wasn't her for her. It wasn't her choice. She wanted to have an education. She wanted independence. She wanted to travel and see the world. And she did. And the fabulous thing is that I just feel she would have had to be so courageous at that time to do what she did. She ended up traveling to France, to the Sorbonne, to do some studying there. She did become a teacher. She taught in one-room schoolhouses she t- where you teach all the grades. She, she moved all over the, the place, different, different communities um, in the prairies and then also in British Columbia and taught all children from all different walks of life, different communities. And she made a huge difference. She made a, a positive impact. And so I'm so proud of that. So proud of it. 
And she's also someone that I feel said she was a bit of a rebel. Like she said, no, she wasn't going to just get married. She chose not to. And so there's a part of me that feels like that's such a badass kind of thing to do. And at that time, especially to have that sort of independence. So I, I just a big fan. And I continue to really, oftentimes if I struggle or if I'm thinking about, I don't know what I'm going to do, I think of her and I always think of her resilience and her ability to kind of just figure it out, how she must have had to problem solve. And so I, I'm very appreciative of her presence in my life. Christmas time, she was a big part of that for us growing up. She spent it with us. She would come on Christmas Eve and we would go to my other aunt's house and spend time there. She would sleep over and then be with us for Christmas morning and Christmas dinner and sleep over again. And then she would always go back home on Boxing Day. And so that's the tradition that we always had. My brother and I used to be so restless on Christmas morning because she would have to go in the bathroom, put her makeup on, her lipstick, do her hair nicely, get totally dressed, very lovely, in order to come out so that we could begin with the, the gift opening. And so we used to get kind of like impatient <laughs> waiting. And it was funny because recently, I can't remember who I was working with. It was a student, I think. And she was bringing through my aunt and she was saying how my aunt was showing her standing in the bathroom mirror because I had said, oh, can you just show me a memory? Try to get into some memories that we would have together. And I just laughed because it was so, it was so cute. She was trying to show that she knows that now my brother and I were super, super impatient when she would be looking in the bathroom mirror because that's when she, that's where she would go get ready. She'd go to the bathroom, she'd do her whole process and we'd be waiting and waiting. And so I thought it was pretty that she she showed that in the in the way she was coming through. But I I want to honor all of my loved ones. So that's my great aunt Yolande, my uncle in spirit who I love so much, my grandpa and grandma on my mom's side. Tons of love for them. My grandma on my dad's side and my grandpa on my dad's side. With my grandma on my dad's side, she also was a teacher. That's my aunt's sister and amazing. A lady, this is like a lady who ended up having many, several children of her own, plus working as a teacher, just absolute, like amazing, amazing woman. It takes a lot of strength and I don't even know how she did what she did, but just amazing. And then my grandpa who built me a sled one year when he came out for Christmas to spend it with us because they lived in Saskatchewan, but he came out one Christmas and when I was a kid and it snowed and he made me a sled and he, he took me out on it and we went all around this, our little cul-de-sac on the sled and it's one of the best memories I have from Christmas as a child. Mom's dad who was very kind, very gentle, very thoughtful. He, I always felt he was always on my side. No matter what, he would always be on my side. And he took me to church when I was a little girl and I have such special memories around that. And so I'm very grateful for that. And then my mom's mom, she has this way that I feel like it's actually kind of like a bit of a um, no nonsense. Like I think she was someone who knew what she liked, knew what she didn't, knew what she wanted and what she didn't. And I kind of like that. There's a kind of like a bit of humor that goes into it. Like there's a bit of like a toughness, but she actually has such a beautiful, beautiful heart. And the time that she spent with my daughter, my daughter really got to 
to know her. And I feel like that really, really touches me. And I know it means a lot to my daughter too, that they had that time together. So I've also got some friends in spirit. I have uh, a previous client actually who just passed away very recently. I'd love to honor her and, and just really know that they do go on and that it doesn't have to be Christmas time for you guys to honor them and to talk about them. We keep them with us in the way that we live our lives. And so, so one of the best things that I've heard is to just be the things you love most about the people who are gone. And I know that they're not actually gone, but you get the idea. And that's what I try to do. I mean, I try to be strong like my grandma who had all the kids and was a teacher and, and worked and kind of did her thing. I try to be charitable like my great aunt who did so much for others and was such a such a giving um, person. And I, I try to really embody those things that they leave behind. But it's also just the little things. Just talk to them. You can write them a letter, thinking of them, reminiscing, the memories, all of those things. They see it, they feel it, they hear it. So I invite you guys to just enjoy the following episode filled with different stories. And I really wish you the most beautiful, peaceful uh, Christmas, holiday season, whatever you celebrate or don't. And just know that my heart is with you. And God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Take care. Wonderful. Well, welcome, Emily, to the Spirit Room. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about the loved one in spirit that you'd like to honor and who, who they are and anything you'd like to share. I would like to honor my daughter. Um, she is the world to me. I miss her terribly, but I feel her presence around me. We had quite a connection. She was very spiritual and I really, I honor her in many, many ways. I talk to her every day and I, I just feel her presence with me, especially when I'm having a down day. Holidays are really hard. Christmas is really hard because Christmas has always been very special to me, but it was very special to her too. So in that sense, I want people to know that she was a wonderful human that was taken away from us at the age of 34. Wow, so young. Very young. Definitely. And what's her name? Her name is Dorsha. Beautiful, beautiful. And can you share with us, I'm sure there's many, many, but a special memory or two that would kind of just give us a sense of your beautiful daughter? Dorsha wanted to be a nurse, so it took a long time for her to be accepted into nursing school. We lived here down south. She just couldn't get in. And then she was accepted at UNBC. So she went back to Prince George, got her nursing degree. She loved being a nurse. She was very caring and she was loved by many. I was so proud that she fought for so long that to become what she wanted to become, mm -hmm. which was a nurse. And in that sense, it shows what a caring person she was. Definitely. And also that determination. It takes a lot of 
courage and it takes a lot of determination to keep going forward even when it's tough and that's not an easy thing um to do that's an amazing accomplishment and actually as you're saying that i can kind of see in the spirit world that she actually shows me that she's with especially children like it's almost like she's continuing that work in the spirit world but she's taking care of especially children in spirit so it seems like she has a real ability and a real sense of connection with yes her last job she was a maternity nurse oh how perfect mm-hmm. um, i think she yeah that is something that i could i could feel that she would absolutely love and be so good at that you know so wonderful what about as far as signs go have you have you received any that you could say are like kind of really kind of unique or kind of just like giving you some comfort yes as i said before dasha was very spiritual I am also in a lot of different ways. I get feathers, white feathers, and at different times, somewhere very unusual. I find I'm just drawn to look on the ground somewhere and there'll be a little white feather. I also hummingbirds. Oh, wonderful. I will have one or two hummingbirds will come and visit me in my balcony. And one not too long ago flew so close to my face it was just incredible and i felt loved that's the thing i think that sometimes people question they want it to be a sign so badly that they're worried that they're making it a sign and i always just ask people what did you feel when you had that experience because if you felt that love or you felt that connection in that moment, then that is a sign. That's that's how if there's some type of emotional experience that's tied along to it. Yes, I really did feel that connection. Mm-hmm. I also said, thank you, Darsha. Amazing. Yes. yes. As, say, are some things that people, that you might wish that people knew about grieving? Grieving is very tough and it's very different for everyone. I have found it quite difficult this past year. And that the reason is because I retired. So I'm home where my job took so much of my time. Not that I didn't think of my daughter, which I did, but my job took a lot of my time. So once I retired, I really felt lonely and I missed her even more. So for me, talking about my daughter every day to anybody makes me feel better. But I do encourage people that are grieving and are having a hard time to find alternative help. Definitely. Because there is groups that you can join. There is medical, of course, which is very important. Mm -hmm. But I truly feel that we all grieve differently. It's so true. It's unique, I think, to each individual and each situation. And even if someone else has lost uh, a child and they're grieving for their child, it, you can kind of understand, but at the same point, it's going to be different for e- even in that situation, which is also unique. And I think one of the things too, is that when people are really in the depths of it, really in that dark and heavy place that we can go, there's a sense that it's quite isolating because nobody else can really feel that grief for you and it feels sometimes like there's no escaping like it's just something that you you have to almost go through you don't have to go through it alone but it can feel that way i think sometimes so 
definitely being able to find other people comfort in knowing that you're not the only one who's experiencing that grief or you're not the only one that's experiencing the pain um, of loss. I I think that can be really helpful. Yes. Again, I I know we each um, grief is is different for everybody and everybody deals with it differently for me i i prefer to talk about darsha brings me happiness so if i can share a story about her just just talking my family when we talk Mm. about her so that that gives me comfort definitely because it really does keep them present and alive in our own world. It's a sense that we know that they're with us, but then when you get to tell a story or you get to reminisce, it's a feeling that I also think that they're so aware of it that they almost bring themselves even closer to you so that you could feel them in those moments. It's like they're very keenly aware when we speak of them, when we think of them, when we honor them. And so something happens, something quite healing and beautiful happens when when we do that. So I know it means the world to our loved ones in spirit when we when we do that. And that's not to say I think sometimes for some people it's difficult. They they can't bring themselves to maybe speak of or do that. And that's okay too. But I think if it's helpful and you can, certainly the spirit world is very aware and it's a very beautiful thing to to experience together for sure. Wonderful. Well, I really thank you so much for sharing about Darsha and for being willing to to come and to speak about her. And I certainly, you know, feel that um, her presence with you is always going to be. There's not a time where you're going to wonder. I think you'll always that she's right there. And there is a sense that love, you could feel that love. It's very tangible. So I just am very grateful to be able to have this conversation. Thank you for sharing her with us. And I know that it will be helpful to others who are also missing their loved ones this Christmas. And I think it makes a difference to to a lot of people. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for being willing. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to do this. And hopefully we will stay connected. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, I am here today with Vicky, and she's so graciously agreed to come and to chat about her father in the spirit world. So welcome, Vicky. Thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. Thank you. So tell us, just start off by telling us a little bit about your dad. My dad, he was a military man. I, I grew up on army bases. My parents moved to the Okanagan. And for 30 years, I was a traveler on long weekends to visit my parents. And my dad passed away about two and a half years ago from pneumonia, couldn't treat. And I'm now my mom's caregiver. She lives about 40 minutes away from me and I see her every two days. So we still talk about dad a lot. And it's important to me to connect with him in spirit. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, I know because I have connected with him few times or over the last couple years and there's a sense of so much love every time that he comes through and a real sense that it's important for him as well like each time he gets to have the communication that that's very important to him so I know that relationship and that bond really does continue on yeah that's that gives me gives me hope helps my mom and um I talk to my dad every day his ashes are here in my living room they're about 
six feet away. So he's with me all the time. Beautiful. Can you share with us a special memory or maybe memories um, of your dad, things that bring you comfort to remember? Yes, for sure. One of the big ones is my dad being a military man, Remembrance Day has a big meaning for me. Mm -hmm. There were big military parades and everybody showed up. So it's been tricky the last couple of years that we haven't been able to gather, but having wearing the poppy, it takes me back to the big pomp and ceremony of those times. Another big memory, it's funny, I was talking to my mom about this, was we just lived on the army base for many years and then we moved off the army base next to a forest reserve. Of course, most people wouldn't know what that is. It's uh, miles and miles of trees that were planted in rows. So you could actually drive the snowmobile in the winter through these trees we went out to the lake so that's a nice memory we would go out on Sundays my mom and dad and my aunt and uncle would come and the military always had this old shack prepared there was wood and we used to go in there and so there was shelter because it's Manitoba it was pretty cold in the winter and we would make lunch out there on this I can't remember if it was an old like old wood stove or something and just being out in the fresh air, and it's funny, the smell of gasoline <laughs> takes me back to those times. So I think those are the two real, real big things. And my dad was always there to help me with things. So dad, can you put a, I've got a nail file. I want to put it on my keychain. Can you drill a hole? My dad would do stuff right away, right away. So those are, I think, the big memories of my dad. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that you had lived in Manitoba. So was that for most of your childhood or was it all over the place? Most of my childhood, I think from when I was uh, six years old till I graduated high school, because my dad was in the military, but he got out when I was about 10 or 11, and my mom was a teacher on the army base. So we were able to live on the base, very a good price for accommodation. And then my parents built and bought a house just off the base, but my mom still worked there and that. So, and my dad did. So, so yeah, it was very much, we probably would have moved more, but because he got out when I was younger, we tended to stay and my mom had a stable job there. So. Yes. And he worked, ended up working for the, the German army. He was stationed there for many years. So my dad ended up working for the German military as a house painter. So that's, it was a big German Canadian base. Right. Wow. And so how would you say as far as Christmas coming up and everything like that, in which ways are you and your mom honoring your dad's memory? Well, a few ways. He recently was his birthday. So we went out together and had A&W burgers. That was something my mom and dad did all the time on Fridays. So we got together and did that on his birthday. I love it. It's last Saturday. Yeah. Um, Other days I honor my dad. I talk to my mom about my dad a lot, what he would think, what he would say, how we, we should handle things. And I do talk to him daily. My mom talks about seeing him and I don't know if that's in a dream or whatever, but we we make sure that we keep his memory alive. And another thing that's very dear and sacred to me is I have a necklace that I, I, I got when my dad passed away and it has his fingerprint on it. And it's in the shape of a military dog tag, which is maybe, well, that means an ID tag. Yep. So I didn't want some foo-foo girly heart-shaped <laughs> necklace. I wanted something that kind of looked like something that's, that would fit him. Mm-hmm. So... Most of the times when I go to visit my mom, I'm wearing that necklace, so my dad is with us. Oh, I love that. And especially to have his his thumbprint. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's beautiful. 
Yeah, I can I can feel that. And of course, yeah, it has to be fitting for you, meaningful for you and connected to him. So that makes makes perfect sense that it's in the the form of a dog tank. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, what about something that you wish people knew about grieving? Because I know it's so different and unique for everybody. Well, I would say I don't think it ever gets easier. I talk to people who've recently lost a loved one and I said, there's no time limit on it. I just found out yesterday that my cousin's husband died and she had posted something on Facebook and she didn't know who wrote it, but it really summed up a lot of what I'm feeling. It's like, it, 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 and I've thought about it. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh yeah, dad's gone. It's been two and a half years, but for my mom who has some memory loss, she feels like it's only about four or five months. Right. Um, and it's like, you wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, yeah, dad's gone. Here we go. It's like, it's just that constant memory. It's like you kind of lose them over and over again. And you can do really well. And then a song comes on the radio and then you cry. Or for my mom, my dad was a guitar player and he played the harmonica. And it was last Friday, this past Friday, I, my friend was here and I said, I'm feeling this homesickness, loneliness. I know my mom's having a hard time. I could just feel it in my stomach. And I asked her the next morning how she'd been doing. And she said, um, where she was living, somebody had brought out a harmonica and was playing it. And then she just really missed my dad. So I find that hard when I pick up that, I can't make that go away. But those are the things that they come in waves. You do really well and then you cry and I just let it be. So I know at some point my mom will be with my dad again. And I think I will miss my mom, but I know I, she will be at peace. And that's, I think the hard, which we've talked about that's the hard struggle right now is my mom kind of wants to leave, be with him, and she wants to stay to look after me. I'm her 61-year-old baby. So yeah. I think that's the thing is is honor it, that it comes in waves. You'll have good moments. A song could trigger you. Uh, for me, Remembrance Day was a huge, huge trigger for me. Mm-hmm. And just I didn't mention that because I, I watched a service on the TV, Remembrance Day, but where my mom lives, they had a small Remembrance Day gathering, and they did a really good job in their community center there and you know everybody had masks on and stuff but I was very happy that I was able to at least this year recognize my dad somehow and I really felt he was there with us beautiful beautiful and I think you're so right when it you say it does come in waves and it's it's just I think it's an ongoing thing you don't ever it's not something that we get over that's not the point we continually grieve for them but we also continue to honor them And I think because you can keep that relationship intact, your mom and you both still have that connection and talk to him and all the rest of it. So I think that helps, but it certainly doesn't take the pain away. That pain is there. It's an ache, but it's a testament to the love that you have for him. Any signs that you want to share that either you've received over the, the course of him being in spirit? Yeah, there's been many signs. The funny thing is, and when I brought my mom to you, she clarified that too. My dad didn't believe in any of this with tarot cards and spirits. So yes. for him to come through, the easiest way for him is, is numbers. When I'm looking at the clock, it's any repeating number like 111, 222, 333. And I see it a lot when I'm visiting my mom or on occasion, if I'm having a disagreement with my mom, I'm like, look, dad's telling us to stop. <laughs> I've had hummingbirds come to my window. I live beside a, a creek and the hummingbirds even shown up on the other side of the house because I've got a Christmas cactus and feathers on the ground, songs that um, he would play. I was visiting my mom and the recreational therapist there was 
playing the song Me and Bobby McGee, which probably would have made me cry, but she played kind of a more Janis Joplin version. And then I was able to sit there without too many tears. Other things, I was going through his stuff for getting stuff out for Remembrance Day. And then I pulled out some book. My dad always kept lists of things. And so his written word is down there. The big one for me lately was just an inner knowing. I had to do some mending for my mom's uh, pajamas. And I'm like, oh, now I've got to drive to Fabricland. It's going to take me 30 minutes there and back. And um, it's just like, it wasn't a voice, but my dad was clearly that knowing that I needed to go downstairs in the U-Haul box and look at my mom's sewing kit. And sure enough, I opened it and there's three packages of elastics. So I was able to do her, mend her pajamas right away. A big one that happened, oh gosh, less than a month ago. It was, I was getting ready for bed and it was one eleven, and I have an iPhone. So of course, iPhone memories of photos come up and lots of times they're random pictures of when I was with friends or in China or whatever. But this one came up immediately after one eleven. And it was a 70 second uh, little slideshow of photos. And my dad was in every photo. Oh, wow. So that was very powerful. And then it took me like 45 minutes to figure out how to save the darn thing. I told my mom and showed my mom, but he was in every picture, either with me, my mom, other family members, friends. And I thought, wow, that's a proof that he comes through. Another way that he plays a trick on me, lots of times I'll look at the time and I want to take a photo of 111 or whatever it is. And then it, it seems like every time I go to get the camera out and ready to do it, that 111 becomes 112. It's like he's being a trickster and then changes, the time changes right when I'm ready to take a picture. So that that would be my dad. Yeah, it's kind of like just his type of humor, like just to kind of get yeah. you a little bit, give you a little chuckle, but yeah. that's amazing. Well, tell us what is his, what is his name? My dad's name, he goes by Sonny Carey. Uh-huh. And his, he was Emil, but for some reason they adopted Sonny. So his name is Sonny Carey. Yeah. Right. Good. So we can keep him in our thoughts and honor him this Christmas. And I'll certainly be thinking about him and thinking about you and your mom uh, this Christmas. And I just thank you for sharing him with us. And I know it'll be helpful for others to hear about him and hear about your relationship with him and just wish you the best. Thank you for being a part of the show. Hey, thanks, Melissa. Okay, so I am here with Chantel and she has so lovingly agreed to come and chat about her very special loved one in spirit that she is honoring this Christmas. And so welcome, Chantel. Hi, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Welcome. And yes, yeah, so let's get into it. I know you're wanting to chat about your dad. So why don't you tell us about him and uh, we'll go from there. Sounds good. Well, my dad is my best friend and he's still very much around and present in my life. And I just always have a sense of him being around me and I just like honoring him in ways where I like to send balloons up to him or I'll make cakes. And I always celebrate every occasion in his honor, like as if he's still here because they're always around. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I mean, I feel I was saying before, I feel like I know him just because even though I didn't meet him in the physical world, the way that he comes through and the way that he communicates, I feel like I have such a sense of who he is. He feels very much like somebody who would 
be kind of like a big kid. Like he just like enjoyed like he enjoyed oh a thousand percent. <laughs> and I love that you guys have your your different connections. So tell us a bit about the Disney connection. Well, we used to always watch Pete's Dragon, and every Sunday we would go around to the movie stores and ask them if we could buy their copy because we could never find it anywhere. So we'd just end up renting it. And so we just had that connection, and his name is Donald, but he talks like Donald Duck. So he does a very good Donald Duck impression. So I have lots of Donald Duck things in his honor. Perfect. And how long has it been since he's been in? He passed away in 2013. So it's been quite a few years. Yeah. And still, he was quite young. Like, how old was he when he passed? 65, or just under. Yeah, so still still fairly young. And what have you found since his passing? Like anything that's been helpful to you in your grieving or anything that's been actually not helpful? Like anything you could share about that? I guess in a way I feel very lucky being also a medium. It makes me really feel like, no, they're still here. They're just here in a very different way. Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean they're gone. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was a very helpful during a grieving process, knowing that it's not the end. Yeah. He's still very much in my life. Definitely. Anything that people said or did that you found wasn't helpful, like in your food? Oh, <laughs> plenty. I Well, for me, like thank you cards or not thank you cards, but like sorry for your loss cards will say. I didn't feel like helped me or when people are like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. It's like, it's kind of hard to think like, oh, do I say thank you? Like I'd rather and people not be like, oh, I'm sorry. But that was just my personal preference. Yeah. What about ways that you've sort of been aware of his presence? What signs has he brought since he's been in spirit? Well, he worked for Fast Freight for many years and there's times where I never see a Fast Freight truck running around and there'll be times where I just constantly see them all day. So whenever I see a fast freight truck, usually it's either when I'm having a rough day or just not the greatest day and they'll always appear. And I'll be like, okay, there he is. He's here. And I swear he has saved me multiple times in my car. I'm not the best driver, but I think he saves me a lot in my car. Yeah, he'll get your attention or he'll use your intuition to get you to... Is it true he also has come to you a few times like in dream states and stuff? I do have dreams about him, but I do mostly find that my brother comes to me in my dream Mm -hmm. state. Oh, okay. And what about, like, I, I feel there's likely quite a few, but do you have any special memory or memories with your dad that really bring you comfort like when you think of those memories it really brings you that sense of peace well we used to always go around the pork coquitlam dikes and write notes in the sand together but mostly just being on the back of his motorcycle and doing stunts and crazy things together on the bike <laughs> i love it because it's like he he feels like he's kind of like a bit of a daredevil and then he kind of you had that in common it's almost like two peas in a pod Oh, yes. We've done some very stupid things on that bike together, but we survived. So and I love it because anytime we chat, I always have this image of him in the spirit world on his bike, like just like 
riding into the sunset, just like enjoying himself, having a great time. So I feel like he's continuing with his adventuring. Oh, yes. His bikes were his babies. He even had our dog riding on the back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, anything that you would want to share as far as how you're kind of honoring him this Christmas? Like, I know you do make, you make the the food in his honor, like his favorites and things like that, and chatting about him. Any, any other little things that you can think of that you kind of do? Every Christmas Eve, I get a Christmas card and I write a letter in it, and then I get a bunch of balloons and helium ones, and I send them up to heaven beautiful i love the idea of writing that christmas card writing that letter and i think that it's so simple sometimes people when we're grieving or we're missing our loved ones we forget that it can be as simple as sitting and talking to them or pen to paper and just writing and having that communication but it's very therapeutic not only that they do receive it. So whether it's in the written form, the spoken form, the balloons that you send, all that stuff, they do receive it. And I know that it means the world to them too. So that's a really beautiful ritual that you have, definitely. For sure. They're always with us. That's it. That's it. And I think sometimes too, we want or people wonder if the grief is easier because we can still connect with them like we're working mediumistically and I don't know would you go ahead totally agree with that that's where I feel very lucky because I'm also into that and I'm in your classes and Mm -hmm. it's very it's made my grieving process I mean you'll still have good days and bad days I mean I was crying a couple weeks ago (laughs) and it comes out of the blue but it just makes that process so much easier when you know that, no, they're here. They're still seeing everything. I can still have conversations with my family and it's not goodbye. It's, hey, you're still here, but I'll see you later as well. Yeah. I find, yeah, for myself, it's like, it doesn't take the pain out of it. It doesn't stop me from missing them, but it is a comfort to have that knowing and that real sense that the relationship can continue. So we still grieve the the physical loss because of course it is very, it's different when you can't see them uh, and hug them physically and have them like right there to, you can't reach out and touch them. But there is a sense that in so many ways that bond and that love, it kind of grows and expands. I find that like you can even have such a even deeper, closer relationship sometimes from the spirit world because there's absolutely no limitation. It's oh, just open. For sure. And actually with my dad's death, it actually brought me a gift in a sense, because if it wasn't for my dad, I would not have taken my mediumship to this level. I grew up very, had to be very Christian and all those things, but it was almost like his passing brought me my future. Yeah. It opened something up, I would say. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's the thing. I think that there's all kinds of miracles within these painful losses that we do experience. There's also these blessings and these miracles. And I kind of feel like it has to do with kind of if we could look at life that way, that yes, there are all kinds of painful things and challenges for sure. But then 
there's these miraculous things and blessings and unexpected healings that we can experience kind of woven into it. So it's like beautiful and complicated and difficult, but then also amazing. And it's just, it's all of those things wrapped into one. Yes, for sure. Definitely a gift. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, I'm so glad that we got to to chat about your dad. Tell our listeners what his name is. His name is Donald Rivet. Oh, perfect. So we'll be thinking of him and thinking of you also on Christmas and just sending you tons of love. And I have to say, I'm so proud and so um, excited for you because I know the dedication that you've given to your practice of mediumship and your work with spirit. And I know your dad's super proud of you too. So thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So well, thank you both. And we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Hi, everyone. And we're back. I have Cherie with me uh, this morning, and we're going to chat about her loved ones in spirit. So welcome, Cherie, for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, a pleasure. And so can you tell us um, about some of, I don't know if there's one or many, but whoever you would like to honor today, tell us, tell us about your loved ones. Oh, God, don't start crying already. Yeah, I generally always want to talk to my dad. Yes. He comes through when we do readings together. And uh, I also want to speak about my mother-in-law, who uh, managed to do something very special for me from the other side. And, oh, wonderful. Yeah, a girlfriend that passed away when I was 19, the first person I ever knew that died and, and how that worked out for me and something that she did for me from the other side. Oh, wonderful. Well, let's let's start off with, can you talk to us a little bit about your, your dad first? Absolutely. He was amazing. He could do anything. He passed away about six years ago from dementia. And uh, since then, I've had some readings with you that have really helped me to communicate with dad. But I've also been working as a student with you and other people to help my connection with spirit so that I can work closely with spirit and it's really helped me i speak with dad every day i pray to him i have pictures of him everywhere he's one of the things that really i remember great memory of my dad was it just in general he i didn't realize what a great natural teacher he was and how patient he was and i didn't really realize that until it became apparent myself Because as a parent, a lot of times you're working with your child and you want them to come up with an answer and it's hard not to provide that answer or you want Mm -hmm. them to be able to do something. It's hard not to do it for them. And I realized that my dad would set goals for us and tell us that we could absolutely do anything. And then he would wait for us to do it. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that sort of shows his wisdom, his ability to provide you that framework, the foundation, the guidance, but then allow you that freedom to do it yourself. Yeah, that's amazing. He was so uh, good about building self-confidence. He touched so many lives. So many people say that about my dad. He was just so patient and encouraging. It was just amazing. It's beautiful too, because he, I, I feel like most of the time, he does show up, I think, to communicate most readings. I can't even think of one really where I haven't had him right there. So it feels like he's quite, he is quite present with you still. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And then what about with your uh, mother-in-law? You said she was able to, she was able to do something from spirit. Yeah, Doris, my mother-in-law, she was a very matter-of-fact woman. I just love her so much. 
And she managed to give me a, such comfort last year when my daughter gave birth to her first child. It was mm -hmm. April of 2020, the beginning of the pandemic, and I was yeah. unable to attend the birth. I had a reading with you, Melissa, some months before this, and Dora came through to reassure me that she would be with Sydney during the birth, and that I should think of her when I first held my grandson. The birth Aww. was very difficult and was very worried, but knowing that Doris was there really helped to calm me. And I'm for for. <laughs> Sure. Oh, so beautiful. Amazing too that they have this ability to almost give us that little nudge ahead of time, even though at the time you and I may not have understood exactly why that would be so significant. It's lovely and it's good to hear, but we may not have realized why that would be so important. It's so true. It was a very difficult birth and you're absolutely right. We wouldn't have known that at the time, but now after the fact, and I did the first time I met my grandson, he was four months old, and all I could think of was Doris. Aww. She's beautiful. beautiful. You can feel her, too, that she's so proud um, of the family and proud of you guys and proud of your um, daughter and your grandson. So wonderful to keep, yeah, keep that connection going. And with your uh, friend, yes. I'm trying to think if, I think maybe she may have come Yes. In a, a reading early on that you and I had, actually, because I seem to remember that being pretty significant. Absolutely. Yes. First person I knew that passed. We were also very young. Um, basically, way back in 1990, when she passed away, I was having a very hard time accepting the situation. And one day I went to her graveside alone and stood there talking to her and crying. That really ugly cry, the heart, mm -hmm. deep breathing cry. All of a sudden, I felt her standing behind me she was hugging me there's no denying it was real and i was so grateful and i will never forget it how beautiful and i i seem to recall now this it's always interesting because i don't recall a lot of what i've what's come through in different readings over the years just because yeah. i don't think my mind can retain it <laughs> but there was something about flowers i feel like she had shown or shown me that were significant do you remember what that was about Yes, she took a picture for my birthday before mm -hmm. she passed. She passed right around my birthday. And I got this birthday card from her. It was just a picture of some beautiful purple miniature azaleas on the bush on the front of her house. And she had made a card out of it herself. Oh. And I still have that picture. That was way back right. from 1980. Wow. And it was probably, is it true that was like one of the last things that you would have received from her? Absolutely. She came over, brought me my card and my gift, and the next day she was gone. Okay, so it makes sense why she was showing those. I can't remember how it came through, but I, I yep. don't know if she said little flowers or purple flowers or something. But I remember, okay, she was really bringing those flowers to say, it's me. I'm with you. I'm here. She sure is. Absolutely. Amazing. And in which ways would you say, I'm sure there's lots of ways, but how are you sort of honoring the memory of your loved ones? Well, I definitely speak to and pray to my ancestors and my loved ones, family and friends daily. As far as my dad goes, I have pictures of him everywhere. I have a lot of his personal possessions. And I also speak to family about him, especially my grandson. It's funny because I have a picture of dad in my room. And he just looked up and he said, Papa, that's what uh -huh. he knows. He does because... The picture of him is when he was like 18. He's not an old man in this picture. And to Sydney, that was her papa. 
So yeah. I was blown away because I'm like, wow. <laughs> is he, he's almost two? Uh, one and a half-ish, a little bit older, yes. Yeah, so he's still very, very young. So there's no oh. way, there's no way that he would know that logically. No, no, and this was like just last week. Wow, amazing. Like, yeah, he's very, yeah. very aware that, of who that is. That's absolutely able to know that. Let's see, I was th also thinking about one particular time when the spirit showed up that really helped me and that I really remember. It really sticks in my memory because one night I was sound asleep, laying on my side as I do, and I woke up because I was shoved. And I say shoved because that's the only way to explain it. Someone had put their hands on my hips and pushed me sideways so much that my whole body moved back and forth and I was startled to say the least. But as soon as I woke up, I realized I was in a severe low blood sugar and in danger of passing away. If I hadn't gotten up and stumbled down the stairs to the kitchen to get, I surely would have gone into a coma as I was already blind. When you are in a low blood sugar, your brain shuts down. It's, it's as though it was my, uh, I always realized that it was my granny who did this for me. And as a matter of fact, it has happened again recently. This time, I think it was my dad. I was sleeping and I felt suddenly somebody standing on my bed. And it startled me because I felt stressed from this person. Usually <laughs> when I feel somebody on my bed, it doesn't bother me. But this time I was worried. So I got up, turned on the light and realized I could barely see. And I needed help to recover from a very low blood sugar. That's just one I of mean, the few of many signs. You can't even you can't even really put that into words because that is so serious and so scary. And yes. it is the one thing I well, not the one thing, I think there's many things, but <laughs> it's one thing that is very frightening for diabetics is yes. that when you go to sleep, yeah, there is that possibility. And and there certainly is this worry about what the blood sugar is actually doing while you're while you're sleeping. So okay. it's like you've got your own personal assistants that are helping you to make sure. Yes, I'm very lucky. When I'm awake, I can feel it. I can tell by the way I see light and stuff. But yeah. when I'm sleeping, no, it's just you just can't tell. That's it. Yeah. Phenomenal. And it's so cool that you actually recognize that feeling that goes with it. Because like you said, oftentimes, yeah, if there's an indent on the bed or a feeling of somebody spirit sitting on the bed, it would be a comfort and it would feel like, oh, this is a beautiful visit. But you could tell the difference in the feeling yes. um, that was there. So then you knew you had to go into action. Yes. I've never been nervous of spirit before. I felt a little bit scared and I felt like saying, go away. <laughs> and that's why I turned the light on right away, because a lot of that, that times that'll disturb what's going on. And then yeah. I realized, oh, of course, thank you very much. That's incredible. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's something that you just can't really even explain, except when you're in it, that feeling. Absolutely. Anything that you would want to share with people about grieving? Anything you wish people would know about it? I remember when the first loss, when I was 19 years old and she passed away. I realized that grief is really a journey. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross really got it right. She spoke about at first you go into denial and then anger and then bargaining and then depression and finally acceptance. And of course, these last at different lengths of time for different people. I remember my his her boyfriend phoned me to tell me that she passed away and I just... I, it must have been horrible for him because I was like, no, you're lying. No, that can't be tree, true. And he really had to stick on the phone with me and really convince me that indeed that she had passed. And I just felt so awful afterward. But then when I realized and read up on Elizabeth's 
writings that, yes, of course, denial is the first stage. Yeah, it, because it, I think our, our brains can't quite comprehend it sometimes. It just, it feels impossible or very, very surreal because of the shock of it. And I think even when you're expecting, so even if someone is going to pass, if they're, you know, terminally ill or something, it still is such a shock to the system and it's a shock to your to your heart when they do make that transition like that I think it's always a bit surreal for people so that that makes perfect sense absolutely when my dad passed we knew for weeks he was going downhill but that day that I left him I rubbed his chest really hard to get his attention I said go go with your dad and your mom your brother's here just go and my sister stayed and with an hour he was gone. But when she called me, I was still shocked. Like, what do you mean he's gone? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it does. It does, I think, hit you. And then also in waves, I think that it's very much an ebb and a flow with the energy yeah. and such an up and down experience with the emotions because there's moments of deep sadness and profound grief. And then there's also moments of such reverence and kind of like that feeling of being so grateful and blessed to have experienced this, this love and this person. So yeah, there's, there's, I think a mixture of emotion that and sometimes anger, we can experience yeah. anger with yeah. our grieving and our loss. So it's, it's really, I think, complicated and different for each person. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, I would love, could you share your loved one's names, your dad, and I, we know your mother-in-law, but your dad and your friends? Uh, Ken Alexander, my good friend, Mickey, Michelle, but we called her Mickey. God, yeah. and she was just so beautiful. Actually, I just wanted to say quickly, I always said to you in the first, I said to you in the first reading with you, I would have loved to have seen her children. She would have made the most beautiful children. And you said to me, she has children in spirit. And what a revelation that was to me. I had no idea that was possible. And it just, it was so comforting. Oh, well, I love that. And it's one of those things too, that I think we don't really know. We don't really think of it until we're confronted with it. So yeah, it's, it's almost like as soon as you said that, there was like these images of her with these, these, these children. And there was a feeling that it's okay. She's living a life. It's a spirit life. It's a little different than this one, but that she goes on. She Absolutely. And it feels really every time that we chat, there's a sense that there's so much love and so much gratitude from the spirit world for you and that it goes both ways. It's very, very apparent that your love and your gratitude for them is also very, very deep. And so it's a, it's a blessing to chat with you. And I really thank you for coming and sharing about your loved ones. Thank you, Melissa. I am so grateful to have found you as a mentor and becoming your student has helped me on the path to be able to serve spirit. Beautiful. Well, it's my pleasure. And yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be thinking of them and honoring them this Christmas and always. Thank you, Melissa.